Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Black and Blue Pod. New to the show? Let me break it down for you, nice and simple. My name's Matt McLaughlin. I am the creator and host of most episodes. On the show, I bring on friends and interview some very interesting guests. Here to talk sports, music, entertainment, and we're not going to leave anything off the table. We're here to bruise egos. My generation of common is him just being on Microsoft commercials. No running back should ever be in an MVP consideration. Eat up, bud! Eat up! We ask hard-hitting questions. Goodfellas are the godfather. This is dangerous work down here. Better guitarist with the name Jimmy. Jimi Hendrix or Jimmy Page. Are aliens real, yes or no? And have incredible moments that will leave you wondering. What the hell's going on out here? Thank you all for tuning in and enjoy the show. All right, welcome in, everyone. Another episode of the Black and Blue Pod. I am Matt with Timmy. Uh, this is the show that will likely get canceled by Twitter Karens, the Rosetta Stone of Sports Talk, the most <laughs> mediocre sports show on the internet, all the taglines I can think of right now. Uh, we are recording on Sunday night, April, uh, April 11th, 9.42, uh, if anyone cares. Uh, just to recap, just some sports that we're going to run through in case no one has really been paying attention. Uh, in baseball, Phillies suck, brought back down to earth. They've lost the last two games. We're recording in the middle of their series finale with the Atlanta Braves. Game is tied at six runs apiece. So if we just start flipping out in the middle of this episode, that's why. Um, game is tied at 6-6, and Phillies have dropped the last two games to the Braves. So they're on the verge of getting swept if they don't pull this one out. Uh, Bryce Harper's been pretty good. Has had two home runs. Uh, one tonight against Atlanta, which has been great to see his swing back in form. And he's a guy that's been dominating Atlanta's ballpark uh, more than anyone ever. Like he, he leads in home runs and RBIs. I think he's got 11 home runs and 28 RBIs against in the Braves ballpark, which is most among active hitters. Uh, Archie Bradley's Hoskins. No, it's Harper. Oh, Hoskins, Hoskins is a similar wine then. Oh, Hoskins, I saw the stat that you're thinking of. Um, Hoskins is leads in OPS, I think, since he's like coming to the league or something like that. I did not that's something way off, but it was something along those lines. It was some strange stats since this time period he's done this. I don't I don't remember exactly. So um Archie Bradley's going on the IL because of course the Phillies, God forbid they have any bullpen help at all. Uh, with an oblique injury, gave up two runs in their loss on Saturday. As for uh, the Phillies, just to wrap this up a little bit, Jose Alvarado, who's pitching right now, um, costed them a win, a 5-4 loss, uh, because he went for the double play instead of just getting the, the leading run at home. It's because, of course, if you, if you haven't figured it out already, we're very up and down with this team. Um, so... Just to get off the Phillies, Brooklyn Nets, they get blown out by the Los Angeles Lakers, 126-101 to 101 on Saturday night. The big thing, no LeBron, no Anthony Davis, no Kyle Kuzma, and Brooklyn still had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and still somehow lost by 25-plus points. Brooklyn shot 50.5% from the field. Or excuse me, not Brooklyn, L.A. L.A. shot 50.5% from the field. Uh, I believe it was over 54% from three. Brooklyn was not nearly as effective, 43.8% from the field and only 18.5% from three, which is when you have Kyrie and KD, that's almost shocking. Kyrie's already set, or the Brooklyn Nets, I should say, have already announced that Kyrie's already going to be out for their next game against uh, the Timberwolves due to personal reasons. So he's just disappearing on them probably when they need him most. Second time, for the second time this year. Feels like the bajillionth time this year, but that's beside the point. As for the 76ers, uh, they dropped a road game to the Pelicans, but they bounced back against Oklahoma City. I am worried about Seth Curry. He's hasn't shot above 20% since uh April four, April 3rd last week against the Timberwolves. He's Jesus. combined three three for 17 from three over the last handful of games. Ben Simmons is looking solid. He's not as aggressive as we would both prefer. Um he was 13, three, he put up 13 points, three rebounds and three assists against Oklahoma city. 
And against the Pelicans, I thought he was really ineffective, but I went back to the box score and I was shocked. 10 points, six assists, five steals, nine rebounds, plus a block. That's very, very good. I just think it was a team that got got caught after a good win against Boston. Uh, that really sunk them against New Orleans. And Stan Van Gundy finally, or Jeff Van Gundy, whichever one of the two. I've, I'd always get the Stan. Stan. Stan Van Gundy finally realized, oh, I have Zion Williamson on my team. Why don't I give him the ball? And then Zion just went to work, and now Zion Williamson looks like Scottie Pippen on steroids, which absolutely terrifies me. Um, upcoming next, they have three ga- the Sixers have three games on ESPN at Dallas versus Brooklyn and then versus the Clippers, the L.A. Clippers, all on ESPN. We'll get into those games a little bit and give our predictions for those next three. Uh, as for... Uh, college basketball with the season over Cincinnati has released its head coach, John Brannon, uh after investigation into the program. And there was a whole mess of uh, allegation, not allegations, but players and some of the staff were vo- voicing their concerns about Brannon's relationship with the players, which led to an investigation and ultimately his dismissal uh, from the program. Mock drafts are coming up. So ESPN's Jonathan Giovanni uh, and Mike Schmitz released their opening mock draft just to give the first five picks, top five picks, uh, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, uh, Jalen Green out of the G League Ignite team, Jonathan Kuminga also from the Ignite team. So those are two guys to keep an eye on because they're, they'll be testing the waters as the first prospects to come out of the G League pathway program. And yeah, so those are the top five. We'll get into a little bit more about the mock draft later on in the show. Um, Paul Pierce fired from ESPN. He went on Instagram live showing strippers and smoking weed. I'm not going to judge a man for having a fun time, but when you work for the Mickey Mouse oh, company, was he, smoke, was he smoking weed too? I don't know if he was smoking it, but there was weed in the Instagram live stream. I know for a fact. So I mean, the strippers alone was going to get him fired by Mickey Mouse. Yeah, pretty much. The mouse doesn't fuck around. Uh, Dave Portnoy already tweeted out like within seconds. Paul Pierce get like he tweeted like to Paul Pierce, give him a call. Uh, Joe Musgrove throws the first no hitter in Padres history, which is awesome for a guy who's a local product. He grew up in El Cajon, California, which is 15 miles south of San Diego. Uh, in case you didn't know there was 8,206 regular season games without a no hitter for San Diego before this game happened. So that was absolutely wild. And then the last pitcher to get a no hitter, their first no hitter in major league baseball was Johan Santana with the Mets in 2012 nuts. Uh, Jason Tatum drops 50 points. Uh, it was the youngest Celtic to drop 50 since Larry bird and the Celtics still remain number seven in the East, despite all that. So that was a little bit of a wrap up. There's still plenty of other stuff that we didn't really necessarily get to, but those were just the storylines that we were looking at specifically. So let's just get into the um, let's get into Sixers first because they're not playing right now. And we'll probably rant about the Phillies later. I was very concerned about the Pelicans, but my rationale was that Zion Williamson is finally getting unlocked. He had like 30 plus points against the Cavs tonight and Van Gundy's finally yeah Zion and Van Gundy's finally having the realization oh I have a wrecking ball on my team why don't Mm -hmm. I just use him and just dump him the ball so to me this is the Pelicans team that should have been showing up in the beginning of the year and I'm not necessarily upset because in my opinion that's a top five team in the west if Zion Williamson is handling the ball and he's rocking that's a top five team in the west so I'm not necessarily upset about that one and they bounce back against Oklahoma City and Joel Embiid looked sharp. He didn't necessarily was like laboring or anything like that coming off of that New Orleans loss. So overall, not too upset. Would have liked to see them win against New Orleans and get three in a row on this road trip. But two and one through this road trip so far, not terribly upset about it. Uh, yeah, and Oklahoma City's not bad either. Like people think like, oh, well, they're tanking and they have what? Like, what is it, like something ridiculous, like 27 picks? Over the they, next, they, like, five drafts or something like that? or Yeah, we were talking about it. It was, like, 34 picks over the next um, – That's it, yeah. Next two years, which or three years or something like that. Some crazy. Something crazy. Presti's a wizard. Just confirmed um, wizard. So, that's still, like, 
like if you don't get up for Oklahoma City, they'll take you down with no problem. Like they still have a competent young team, you know. Obviously, SGA is good. Uh, Lou Dort, you know, underrated. Uh, Dort Chamber. Yeah, he's definitely going to have a career in this league. Um, then you have uh, what's his name, Povalcheski or whatever, who's like <laughs> who who will literally Poke. airball poke. That's it, Poku. Poku, Poku, the mismatch darling. Shout out uh, the mismatch. Whole airball three, uh, like one possession, and then still come down the next possession and jack up a thirty-five footer and like drain it. <laughs> it's he's like, the Furcon Corkmoss for OKC. Yeah, he's got. He is one of the most irrational confidence guys ever. Like biggest <laughs> irrational confidence guys ever. Um, that said, uh, yeah, the New Orleans game was concerning, uh, but you know. Like you said, I think they finally kind of figured out if you just give Zion the ball and let him go, like yeah, he's he's gonna create if he doesn't get to the bass. Like he's 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 a wizard. I mean, he he he's a he's a freight train that you know outside of LeBron, you really haven't seen anything like him before. And uh, the second he develops a a jump shot, a credible jump shot, like the league is screwed. Oh my god. Uh, so, but I agree Curry's wearing me. And how much has George Hill played since we've got He hasn't him? played yet. He hasn't played yet. He's still been sidelined he with I thought injury. he played last I thought he played last Sunday on Easter. I because I saw something with NBC Sports Philadelphia where he said, "Yeah, I'm going to be coming back with my teammates at some point down the season, but not yet." So that's been a great pickup, not um, it's good. That's the Rajon Rondo move for the Clippers. Like it's going to pay off in the playoffs. It's not going to pay off in the regular season. It's just going to, that's a leadership move and get some guy in the locker room. That's going to really just, Hey, let's all settle down. I'll, let's get it, together. It says he'll be back before the playoffs. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I still would like to see them maybe look into the buyout market to add another guy, whether it's a three and D guy or another ball handler. Um, but I think uh, while Shake looked really good in the beginning of the season, when as you agree, and he's kind of regressed yes. a little bit, Tyrese Maxey has kind of looked more confident in the last couple of games. Like last night, like I said, it's just OKC. But mm-hmm. still, he, he looked uh, – he was making smarter decisions. He wasn't turning the ball over as easily. He was hitting a couple open shots. He was getting to the hole quicker. He was Agreed. making some really smart passes. So that's that that's definitely a plus. Um, I don't know. I think Doc has to spend the next the next month plus figuring out his nine man rotation. He he's got to yes. start getting the 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 substitutions down to a T. He's got to start figuring out who's going where, who's playing when, what's his closing lineup, what happens if Ben has an off night or he doesn't look like he wants to attack. What happens if something, God forbid, happens to JoJo again? Uh, he really needs to spend these next four to six weeks getting everything lined up so that by the time the playoffs roll around, regardless of our seed, we know, hey, this is how we're going to start the game. This is how we're going to end the game. And this is everything we're going to do in between. And I think that's the most important thing here over the, ne- over the next couple of weeks. And I agree. The they got to figure out that second unit because shake Milton, Tyrese Maxey each had 20 minutes. Dwight Howard had 15. You know, he's going to come off as that big guy off the bench. Mike Scott had 19. That's cool and everything, but where's the consistency I feel like is still lacking. And I don't necessarily, I'm not saying like they should have figured this out by now, but it is a question that needs to get answered in the short, or at least very soon, because I don't know if I'm such a fan of, Milton, Maxi, both being on the floor when they're both very good with the hand in the with the ball in their hand, mm-hmm. and that could create some confusion and create some some mismatches that the other teams are going to take advantage of. Like Tyrese Maxi, you need at least a very good, very long like. Def- I I want to see Isaiah Joe in there just because Joe could easily switch off and defend more positions and maybe Maxi doesn't get caught in that specific situation. 
that's where I would like to see Doc Rivers just be like, listen, these are the guys coming off the second unit. And Shake, you can run the second unit. Tyrese, we're going to bring you in more as like a spark plug when we need it. So your minutes are going to get cut back. Or Which, even alternate them depending on who's feeling it more each day. And it's also the defensive end of it. Like, obviously, Tyrese has better, I think, is a little bit better defensively. But yeah. Shake worries me on the defensive end. And uh, that's 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 my big concern. Because the last that, thing I want, I, the last thing I want is another JJ Redick that can catch fire. But on the defensive side of the ball, defenses can just send their big right. guy after him on a pick and roll switch, and he's just getting abused. Up. Exactly. That's where that's where my concerns uh, lie with this team. But let's look ahead. Let's look ahead at the schedule. These are three big, uh, three three big games for the Sixers: Dallas, Brooklyn. And Los Angeles, they travel to Dallas and then come back to Philly to host against uh, Brooklyn and L.A. You know these games are going to be huge because they're all on ESPN. Especially you the Brooklyn the, game. The Brooklyn game is going to be huge depending on if Kyrie's there because who knows, maybe he'll start cleaning the sage or whatever in the Wells Fargo Center or whatnot. Um, but those, Wait, who, you know. Who, who is it, the Lakers or the third game? The Clippers, Clippers. We have to go back to LA again for them. No, we have to. No, we host. They host the uh, the Clippers. Oh, okay. So it's yeah. So it's at Dallas, then host Brooklyn and Clippers uh, for okay. the next two at least. So Kevin Durant's back, which absolutely terrifies me. But if there was a team that could guard the big three in Brooklyn, it would be the Sixers. And we've talked about this throughout the season so far. Joel Embiid, you have Matisse Thibel. Even I think if you throw in even Isaiah Joe and Paul Reed, God, give them a chance to show at least what they can mm-hmm. do on the defensive side of the ball and use some of their length. Kevin Durant's an alien. Like, that's just a fact. You're not necessarily going to shut down Kevin Durant, but you can play a zone. You can get in the passing lanes. You can try and deny the ball and prevent those situations from happening where Kevin Durant could just get whatever he wants. So that's where I think. The length needs to come into play. Doc, Doc needs to use more of his rotation just to keep Joel fresh, keep Ben fresh, and just not rely on we need to get a bucket here. We need to go three for three with these guys. Like, that's just not going to happen. If you go three-pointer for three-pointer with Brooklyn, you're toast. That's just never going to work unless the entire roster is decimated and or sitting out or take the Kyrie approach and just take off days. <laughs> and there's just no way. So, it all like – like what we've really come to expect since the Harden trade, it all depends on health with how this game shakes out. But I really do like the Sixers' chances, especially coming back home. Dallas, they've beaten Dallas before, and Ben Simmons has locked down Luka Doncic before. How mm-hmm. does Kristaps Porzingis come out? That's going to be a huge question. I think he's looked much more I thought consistent. he was still injured. No, he's, he's uh, playing tonight. He's got 13 oh, points. He? Uh, yeah, he's got 13 points through one quarter. Last time I checked the box score. Um mm-hmm. So this team is the Sixers are capable of shutting down two of the biggest stars in the NBA and Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis. So I think that's a win. It all depends on how they come back and respond after traveling, I think is going to be a big question mark. So Phillies. Um, I just really, really uh, believe that. First two are going to be wins because I think they're going to be hyped to play Brooklyn, but that Clippers game does scare me because Kawhi Mm -hmm. Leonard's going to be rested and Paul George is on a mission to try and prove that he's not pandemic P, but as far as we've seen, he is. They beasted us when we played them in LA. Nope. He's out. Wasn't wasn't that with um wasn't that without Joel Embiid though like wasn't that it, yeah no hard? it was but still it just it worries me how that game damn it he's out um it just worries me how that game unfolded it was without Joel and uh, but I mean we played other teams without Joel competitively they and they just no that's true smack us yeah, up yeah. a bit so we'll see, yeah that's... we'll see oh he looks safe um, that looks safe to me. Boom looks he safe. He might have caught the edge of the plate. That's what I'm thinking. He and in case, but uh, people are Phillies, listening. We, it's the Phillies. We get screwed no matter what. 
So, uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, Clippers, that game scares me, but they are dealing with injuries. So at this point, like how full strength are they going to be? It's going to be a huge question mark. So maybe this does turn out to a three-game winning streak on big national games that finally gives people oh, the, huge. Gives the Sixers the respect. Because I'm sick and tired of like respect to Nikola Jokic, James Harden, all these guys that have put up incredible seasons and have done some great things for their teams. And right, really... but the love for Embiid disappeared the second he got hurt because it was just like, exactly. oh, here's Embiid again being hurt. And it's like, it doesn't take away from the fact that he was the MVP. And he and still is. Like he's, he's, still pro- he's, he's still producing at a high level. That is right. still MVP caliber, and he's getting these teams wins. I was I was just really exhausted that at the fact that people were saying, oh, yeah, when LeBron comes back, be on the lookout. When AD comes back, be on the lookout. I'm like, yeah, why isn't Joel Embiid getting that same type of love? Like, we're all worried about the, the Brooklyn, like when KD was out, and LeBron and AD, they're obviously still out. Why isn't Joel Embiid getting the respect he deserves? Because the Sixers are still in the top two in the East. They're number one right now. Right. Agreed. And it, I, I think it just comes from a there's still a sore taste in everyone's mouth from the process and all that good stuff. And it's it just – yeah, he's out, I think. Yeah, um, he looks out. Because they're just going to say he didn't catch the corner of the plate, but you can't tell. So there technically isn't enough evidence. But it looks like his leg kicks up. They're gonna say he's out. It looks like oh, they said safe. They said safe. Let's go! Yeah, boom! Thank fucking god, you finally did something. No, man, he had a double. That's how this thing started. Oh, look at Snedeker. He's so angry. Yeah, of course, because it's Atlanta. Um, Also, the Braves fans were doing the tomahawk chop, and I thought Twitter was gonna explode, but it didn't. I was really surprised. Well, I mean. There, there, all this shit that people like. That, 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 I'll save that for later because it's like the double standard where it's just like Washington football team, and I agree that's a terrible name. Okay, wait, wait, wait. But, before before we get into that, just final predictions for this three game stretch here. Do you think they'll win each game or one and two? We need How to do you go. Think? We need to go two and one. But it wouldn't surprise me if he somehow went one and two. I don't see zero and three. We're getting at least one win here. But we need to go two and one. Three and zero would be awesome. Yeah, um, on board with you there. My prediction is two and one. Us, I could actually see us dropping tomorrow night and then beating the Clippers and the Nets, just because of how we've been playing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it. Uh, so we'll we'll. I say two and one. I say that we. Uh, I say that we beat the Ma- the Nets and the and the Mavericks, and we lose to um, we lose to the Clippers. Yes, I'm on. That's what I was gonna say. I think they're gonna come back and be exhausted by the time they they win against Brooklyn. That by the time they face the Clippers, it's gonna be like, excuse me, uh it's gonna be like, oh yeah, we're we're too exhausted at this point. This and who knows, like Joel might not play one of those games, and you know yeah. all that stuff. So. Exactly. It's, so it's so Phillies, um, Matt Moore looking like Kyle Kendrick out there gave up two runs off first two pitches of the game. <laughs> it literally, I was literally saying to myself, this is Kyle Kendrick 2.0. I compiled the records from 07 to 2015. Kyle Kendrick's record 74 and 81 from Matt Moore from 2011 to 2017, 51 and 48 five around 500 no Kyle Kendrick had no ERA below three while he was with the Phillies Matt Moore the only years his ERA was below four runs per game was from 2012 to 2014 I don't know why this guy's still on the fucking team I I, I don't I don't know why him or Chase Anderson are on the team it was it was it was yeah and we said this in the offseason Matt and I'm going to reiterate it again Oh, we're gonna spend stupid money, and two years later, it's like, oh, well, the pandemic. The pandemic hit everyone hard. I'm not saying go and blow all your money on Trevor Bauer, but like, first of all, you're tobacco rich, sir. Okay, John Middleton. So you're never gonna be 
poor. Like you have decades and centuries worth of tobacco money in your in in your vaults. Okay. Yeah. And the fact that we thought Matt Moore and Chase Anderson were our best, it's like after we got rid of Vince, he was in the we finally decided to put Vince Velasquez in the bullpen, which took three years too long. Oh, and, and that's a whole nother it, discussion. It's just, it's like, just like, you know, it doesn't matter how good Nola Wheeler and Eflin can be because if they have one off night, it's like, it's just like, it's like with Vanderbilt baseball right now, they have a cheat code and they're, they're two starting pit. They're, they're, they're Friday and Saturday starters. If, if Jack Leiter. If if either one of those guys landed with the Phillies, I think I well no, they'll I, be the top two picks. But that's what I'm saying. Like they're a cheat code. But if we like, they they don't have a third. They don't have a third and four starter. So you're relying on those two to throw stellar yeah. games every weekend, and they normally do. But this week, this weekend was a prime example. Kumar Rocker didn't have his stuff. He got lit up by Georgia, and they lost their first series of the year because. They were just, they were just, they were they're expecting those two to win them a game every every week. Mm-hmm. And that's so the, the Phillies are kind of putting themselves in. It's like, oh, well, Wheeler and Nola and maybe even Eflin are going to get, they're going to give us a chance to win all three times. But they're not like, even, you know, Randy Johnson and Greg Maddox and Clemens had bad days. So yeah. the fact that we, the, the Phillies did this and they honestly think that Anderson and Matt Moore are, reliable options now i get it spencer spencer howard is injured but even he like what what does he a guarantee because what he showed me last year he wasn't and it's just no like, none you know, of these pitchers anybody... are guaranteed the only guaranteed pitcher we had was sixto sanchez who we traded in the jt Romero right. to trade but and then now you got Eniel was... Eniel de los santos who got like two chances three years ago and with Gabe the Gabe Kapler, Kapler left, him just, there, left him out there for one inning too long. He got he shattered the Phillies. He he left he the sh- Phillies organization. His, yeah, he let Kapler left the Phillies organization like the Nazis left Italy. Like it was just bombed, massacred, ruins of cities. It took years to rebuild, and Kapler is just fucking. You mean, I hate. You mean you mean they left England? Whatever, one of the countries. I didn't pay attention much in history class. I'm sure my parents love hearing that. But anyway, the, the fascists would be Italy. <laughs> the Nazis bombed the shit. The, the, the Nazis the shit out of Britain. All I know is countries got bombed. Hitler was a bad guy. We killed them, or at least he killed himself. Who knows? Maybe he escaped to Argentina. Very valid oh. theory that I'm all in on. Especially with I'm also in on aliens. Aliens are real. Um, <laughs> Jesus but, was an alien. It could be, could be. We have no idea. We have no idea. That's um, my buddy John's favorite theory. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing your, the your, uh, brother's the moon... having, your, your brother's having a stroke at that comment right now. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he was just a big green flying saucer object, right? I mean, and then they just were like, hey, he ascended in clouds. Like, I... I would almost rather believe the saucer, but I'm not even going to get into that discussion. Um, <laughs> but it's just, yeah, Kapler just triggers me. I feel like such a, such a terrible, not terrible, but I feel like such a, such a vulnerable, stupid person. Like, oh, it triggers me. It triggers me, Harry <laughs> Kapler. No, but like, he was just from day one. I he think was terrible. Kind of started terrible. to realize how bad he was. Every. Every afternoon on 94.1 for an entire summer, I would hear, like, uh, who is it? Uh, Ike Reese. And um, is that what it's called? I forget that show, but it was, um, it's on the afternoon on 94.1. Mike and Ike are the one now. He's with, uh, he's with, what's his name? Uh, No, it's Mike uh, and Ike, I think. Mike and Ike, it used to be, but now he's with. uh, They get rid of that show? No, he. Oh, sure. I think he's he's now with uh, the guy that used to be on ninety seven five. Who's who's a local guy. Uh, anyway, for an entire right. summer, I would just hear over the radio, Kapler just not. Um, he would never say this is what we need to do to get better. He always John, looked John at the Mark, positive. John Marks, John Marks, and Ike Reese. Yeah, that's who the yeah. show is now. 
I would hear for an entire summer, Kapler just be like, well, I thought Aaron pitched well and we just did what we needed to do. It just unfortunately couldn't get the job done. And it's like, no, <laughs> Kapler, that's not what we fucking hired you to do. You you are in the city of Philadelphia. You should be you should be like, listen, we did this wrong. We did this wrong. We got to address these problems moving forward, doing what Joe Girardi is doing now. And that's where it absolutely drives me nuts. And I'm just glad he's gone. Glad it's over. And hopefully the Phillies can pick up someone somewhere, some faraway scavenged misfit toy of a prospect and bring him to the city of Philadelphia. And he can hopefully, hopefully turn into a diamond in the rough, but that's very unlikely. Um, can we also talk about the outfield because I'm over. Sure, we can talk about the outfield. I'm, I'm over Roman Quinn. Hasley. I don't know, man. Like, Every time he gets a hit, it's like, yeah, look at that swing. It's awesome. And it's it's like the perfect left-hander swing almost. And it's compact. And you should be hitting for average. And he's got decent speed. And he's got a solid glove. But then it's like, you're still hitting 220. How is this possible? And you're top. Pablo Sandoval just tied the oop. Shut up. No, shut up. He didn't. He didn't. I'm behind. So, sorry. Oh. Here comes a king. No, I hate him. <laughs> I hate him so much. Why, so why do you why do you hate Ronald Acuna? Because it's a double standard. Because for years, this is Bryce Harper would be loud and in your face and just excite it, and people were like, "Oh, you know, unwritten rules of the game. He's breaking them, and he's an asshole, and he's chauvinist, and he's this, and he's blah blah blah, and, blah, and you know, he needs to tone it down and have some respect." And Acuna does it now, and everyone's like, oh, he's exciting, and he's young, and he brings flair to the game. And he's like, okay, first of all, he tried to choke Gene Segura last night on the base pass. Like, I do not consider that a choke. He he put his hand around his throat, regardless. No, because I, when I think of, when I think of, when I think of a joke, I think of the Brendan Malone, Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas just straight up, like, just, hand around a sausage neck and just choke. Right. Whereas Acuna, Acuna, if you look at the tape, this is the UFC, the UFC Joe Rogan in me. His hand was at the ch- top of the chest. It wasn't really towards the collarbone. In my opinion, that doesn't count Still, as a choke. Regardless, his, 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 his reaction, you could see he was angry when Segura was just messing with him. And it's just like, if that was like somebody on the Phillies, it'd be like, oh, he can't handle a joke. And, Typical Phillies, just not a class act organization, oh, and their fans yeah. are terrible, and blah blah blah, and this and that, and it's just like, I, I it just I can't like. First of all, he, you know, the shit he pulled in the playoffs when he literally dogged the pop up because he was angry that they were blowing the series or their team was losing, and then everyone just forgets about that and goes like, oh, Ronald Acuna, he, he's just a different like when Tatis <laughs> does what he does. He does it with a little bit of respect. He's not uh, like in your face. He doesn't hit a solo home run and then walk around the base pass going like, like throwing up gang signs and like showing his gold chain and hitting his chest 16 <laughs> times. Like, bro, you hit a solo home run in this fifth game of the year in April. Like stop yeah. acting like you just won the world series with that home run. I, I just, here- I don't know. I can't stand him. I just think he's a. I don't. Douche. I don't think. I don't think. You I hate. Can't I hate this organ. I, I hate the Braves organization in general. <laughs> I think you hate the double standard more than you actually hate what Okuna does. I no. I agree. I do. I probably do. Because everyone. Everyone. Listen. I love Bryce Harper. Good win. Now that he's we on. needed that win. We needed that win. No. See, but I like Bryce Harper even when he was on the Nationals because he played. Hard. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I hated Bryce Harper when he was on the Nationals because we all know that frat bro stereotype douchebag. But, but he plays player. hard. That's what it is with Harper. Though. That's he, the difference. And, and he, I, he, I real, whereas Acuna doesn't. He's a he's a showboat. There's there's a oh difference. you think see I after seeing that infield single to start the game, I will not question Acuna's hustle. He's not Manny Machado questioning it. Like I'm not gonna. Yeah, but Gregorius. Gregorius took his time. I just think he's a showboat. And yeah, what did he do? He got on first base and immediately was just like, like, like you know, doing a freaking TikTok dance. Call me, call me old man that yells at cloud. You know, it is what it is. I, there just, you go. I can't stand him. Eh, I can't I stand him. You. I think there's a difference between him and oh, Mikael Bridges. Um, but yeah, so I think. 
I would I, I would like to see if Moniac is I would like to Doing see him something. get a shot this year. I mean, he had a good spring. And he yeah, was no, your first overall just... pick in 2016. You got to give him a shot, man. And I would like to see him up here because I just think the the Roman Quinn experiment has been done for two plus years. He's never going to hit for a consistent average. He can't stay healthy. Yeah. I would give Halsey or Hasley or wherever after you pronounce his Hazley. name until Hazley. Yeah, Hazley. I'd give him until like Labor or Memorial Day. And if he can't produce by then, you need to bring Moniac up or trade for someone. That's my opinion. It is, it is getting we, to a point. Need, they need a huge bat. They need a huge we, bat. Exactly. And we need, we need, whether it's Spencer Howard or not, but we need another starter. We really do. Even if you yeah. have to move Matt Moore or Anderson to the bullpen as an arm, maybe they can be good as like a, a middle reliever or something. But they're not mm. starters anymore. You know, they just don't. No, no, no. No, they need. So, there's a reason Matt Moore was in the fucking Korean baseball organization. No, uh, J- Japan. He was in a Japanese league. Whatever. It's Nippon a, or whatever it is. Out of the MLB, nonetheless. Right. Nonetheless. No, I agree. Um, yeah, usually only hitters come back from there with a better reputation. Yeah. Not pitchers. Yeah, absolutely no. Um, so NBA mock draft. I just wanted to see if you were gonna if you were mad about any of the selections. Corey Kispert was high. Number 12 to San Antonio, which really shocked me. And Ayo Dosumu at number 22 to the Knicks. I really like that match. Is this is this ESPN? Is this the regular? Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's a uh, ESPN. Um, okay. let me let me pull it up here. Uh so yeah, I'm just highlighting some of these selections. Uh it's the top 26. I didn't fill the top 30 into one screenshot, unfortunately. Uh, but I'm going to pull up the rest of the the mock draft with it. But just right now, just looking at the screenshot, um, Ayo Dosumu to the Knicks really intrigues me. Like, he would be I a guy who's just... only at, he's at 22. That seems very low. Exactly. And um, the Sixers, this is a classic Sixers pick. Max Obvious from Oral Roberts. Why? Why? You have a first-round pick. I I get it. Oral Roberts was a great Cinderella story. But no. No. Like, no. I don't get why you take him with your first-round pick. That's just too well, much that, of a like risk you, in like my Like you opinion. said, it's just a, it's a mock draft, so it's not like we're act, they're actually going to do it. But I agree. That's true. Um, and just some other picks. Kai Jones from Texas. He's Projected to go to the Grizzlies at 16. Uh, just looking a little bit here. Moses Moody from Arkansas. He's going projected to go to the Rockets at 21. Jared Butler from Baylor projected to go to the Lakers, which could be really intriguing to see Talon Horton Tucker and at? Jared uh, 23. I'd take him if we could get him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would um, actually love Davion Mitchell, to be honest. Davion Mitchell in a Sixers jersey would be fucking amazing. But they're saying now he's all the way up to number seven. Yeah, he's going to go top ten. I don't see how he falls. Kispert would be the perfect San Antonio guy. You know the Popovich would be a legit stud. Um, He would be perfect. I don't buy the Evan Mobley hype, to be honest. I think he checks out of games. He's one of those big guys that doesn't have the, the motor, in my opinion. But he has the talent. I just don't think he has the motor to be a top two pick. But hey, if you want to take him to the top two, go for it. Uh, I also think Suggs is better than Cunningham. I might be in the minority there, but I honestly do. I mean, hey, uh, I think who was it? Simmons. I think Simmons and Rosillo just had that debate recently on their show. I didn't catch that. I mean, episode. what are your what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? All around point guard Jalen Suggs is much better. But pure score, Kate Cunningham is the guy. If I want a, a score that I can start my franchise with and really build around, Kate Cunningham's yeah. the guy. I think Suggs is one of those those guys where, he, I mean, he's projected to go to Detroit at number three right now. He's a good, he's a good all around guy that can get your teammates involved, make some de- defensive stops. He is more than I think capable he's of more... scoring. 
I think he's more Chris Paul than Cade Cunningham, and I'd rather have that. And this whole hype yes. has become a new thing, and it's like, oh, well, he's only 6'4", and it's like, okay, he's a point six guard. 6'4". I'm 5'11". I'll take 6'4 any day on my pickup yeah, team. What the fuck? Like, what the fuck? I, I, mean, like, why? <laughs> I don't know why they choose to per- ignore that shit. Like, I'm pretty sure people have survived playing in the NBA under six foot. Like, a six four point guard's a good thing. Like, uh, I, like, so I think that's stupid. I agree. Cade Cunningham's the pure scorer and has definitely has a better shot. But it's not like Jalen Shug's sh- shot is broken. He's got good form. It's just not the technique isn't completely his 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 mechanics aren't perfected is what it is. Yes. And with the NBA, he's he's going to get that defender, right? He's a better defender. He's a better distributor. He understands the game better. I think I, I, I'm personally, if I'm Minnesota and I had the first pick, I'm taking the local kid. You can, it's a, it's a full blown marketing plan. It's Mm -hmm. like, Oh, we, he, the local kid came home. He's going to, he's going to rescue our franchise that we'll have our first franchise player since Kevin Garnett, blah, blah, blah. Like it allows you to get rid of the Angela Russell, maybe even cat. If you want to, you pair him with Edwards. So do you think that Edwards and Suggs pairing works? Yeah. Why not? That's the only snag that I see is that Edwards is, doesn't have necessarily the off the ball skill. Yeah, but he's only, he's what 19. He can learn it. Yeah, he's my age, which is absolutely nuts. He's he's in the NBA at my age, and meanwhile, I'm just doing this in a dorm room. So, blows your yeah, mind. He, he's he's fine. He's fine. It, it's yeah, he's starting to play really better. Wrong. I mean, you, like that's the other thing. It's like this whole like everyone jumps this like he's cool. Yeah, he's playing on a team with who's technically their star is a seven footer who plays more at the three point line than he does. And he ain't Dirk, so I don't know why that's the case. Like he's afraid to bang bodies down low. He sulks half the time. Like he's caused more drama than he has wins in this league since mm-hmm. he entered. And then you have D'Angelo Russell, who I don't mind D'Angelo Russell, but I just, uh, I just, I don't know, man. I think he might just be destined to be that guy who just is a good stats, bad team guy. Unfortunately, he just doesn't seem to get it. Um. And, you know, so, like, he, he, he's, he's already on a second coach in one year. And, uh, you know, and you also have to remember that he didn't choose basketball full-time until he was, like, 17. Mm-hmm. He, he, wanted he to thought be football, football, yeah. And it's just, like, everyone, like, you know, like, back in the day, like, and it's the same thing with all these sports. It's, like, the quarterbacks in the NFL. It's, like, oh, he had a bad rookie year. It's, like. Dude, Peyton Manning threw what, like forty something interceptions his rookie year. Yeah, and he's now one of the seven best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Or took less like than twenty seconds to induct him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, like, and so it's like people have this like, it's almost like everyone has Alzheimer's when it comes to sports, and they just forget like that it takes time sometimes, like with some people. And so I'm not worried about Edwards. Maybe in two years, if he still hasn't improved everything and he mm-hmm. still sh- needs like 30 shots to get 20 points, then yeah. No, if you're smart and you're Minnesota, Jalen Suggs is the pick. You take him, you market it around him being the hometown guy coming home to save the franchise. You pair him with Edwards. Maybe you keep Cat and you can still have him there, but you got to get rid of Russell because you can't have the two of them together and you yeah. go from there. You know? I agree. Yes, I agree. You got to get rid of Russell. That's, that's not saying that Cade Cunningham is going to be bad. I still think the kid's good. Yeah, I just think it's that it's top, the, there's top more three things for Minnesota. There's a reason yeah, these absolutely. teams are in the top three in the draft. For like, there's a reason Detroit is where careers go to die, pretty much. Or Jeremy Grant's yeah, it ha- it case has, get the bag. It has been. It has been since the the Chauncey Billups, you know, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace teams end it and rip. Yeah. Minnesota, Minnesota has been dormant since um, Carl or not Carl, Kevin Garnett and yeah, Kevin Garnett, Stefan, Stefan Marbury were on the floor. Houston, I mean, Houston's just tough. I feel bad for Steven Silas. Um, Yeah, he got he got such a raw deal, man. He really did. Yeah, and (laughs) they're just a team caught without a lack of direction right now. So I think you know Houston, not the worst spot in the world to land from, like city perspective but team wise i like what i'm seeing from uh kevin porter jr 
or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he Kevin finally Ford got Jr. a chance. And in Cleveland's another like, in Cleveland and Sacramento are two other organizations where it's just like there's shit shows of organizations, and they had been for a while now. You exactly. know, outside of when LeBron was in Cleveland, but like take away the the four years he was there after he left to go to Miami for those four years. Like from 2010 to 2014, they sucked, and now from 2018 to whatever to now, they they've been terrible again. And it's like they just need like you know. And this is what bad ownership gets you. This is why owners should be vetted. You know. Well, the and owner. It's, like, it's, um, a, it, it, it's amazing that Denver's as good as they are because freaking uh, Stan Kroenke's a douchebag and he's a terrible owner and. You know, well, at least for the soccer team I support, he is. But the fact that I, it surprises me that he's able to have a competent, the competency to run the Rams and the Nuggets to a. Well, look a, at where the Rams a, are now. Success, yeah, but they're still good. Whereas, you know, it's just, I just think that there should be a little bit more of a like vetting process for people who own teams. I also think you shouldn't be allowed to own more than two franchises. Stan Kroenke owns like six professional sports. That teams. is true. I am in agreement there. There should be like, that's insane. You should not be able to own that. And you know how he gets teams. away with it? He puts half of them in his wife's name and he says he doesn't have money. And then he, he somehow got, he, he had the taxpayers in LA build that stadium, build SoFi stadium. It's like, dude, you're married to a Walton. They're the, the family that owns the Walmarts for people who are not aware and you're oh, rich in your own aware. right from uh, what, is, what was he like in? I want to say like something, but maybe like stocks or the internet or I don't know. But he's rich in his own right, and then married to her, who mm-hmm. his wife is loaded beyond belief, and he somehow was able to convince the LA City Council to have the taxpayers pay for that stadium. It's ridiculous. It's you're a billionaire. Pay for your own stadium. It's insane. Um. Like, if taxpayers contributed, like, even, like, 25% of that money. If that. They shouldn't even have to contribute that. It's a joke. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, but speaking of ownership, A-Rod and uh, Mark Lowe expected to buy uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Who is Mark A-Rod. Lowe, by the way? Don't know. That's a very good question. I honestly thought it was Rob Lowe for a second. Like, that was the first <laughs> That was the first image that, that uh, came to my mind. Um. Yeah, this is a weird guy with like says it. I don't know. He's a dude with um, money, basically. Yeah, he's a dude with money. If he's in a joint venture with a Rod, uh, he's just really been described as like a close friend. But anyway, Adrian Rojanarski reported that um, a Rod is expected to be part of that group, and so Timberwolves will finally be sold under Glenn Taylor. KG Thank announced God. a while ago. KG announced a while ago that he was uh, ending his pursuit of the uh, Timberwolves to purchase, which really sucks because I think Kevin Garnett really would have nurtured that franchise and really brought it back to life. And I think Glenn Taylor made a really, really maybe big he, mistake. Maybe he throws in a little bit, like he joins the A-Rod bit on the side. They're just saying that he's hey, not a I don't think so. Fractured, because... Well, that fractured relationship that he has with Golden Taylor, I think, is why. No, I wouldn't. I, yeah, I agree. That's definitely the reason why Glenn Taylor is just getting his own, using his own ego to like inflate himself. Um, He's and been really a terrible just... owner. A terrible so, owner. But I, if KG really was involved with this group, he's a guy that he's going to let people know that he's in this because he cares about the franchise that much. And he's just he's that type of guy. And he's he's prideful and he's competitive and he wants people to know, like, hey, I'm running the fucking Timberwolves now. So get used to it. Um, right. So the sale is a little bit strange because according to Woj, uh, Glenn Taylor will continue full control of the team for two more years. And then oh. Rodrig- Rodriguez... Oh, it's Mark Lore. Excuse me. Mark Lore. L-O-R-E. Mark Lore. Uh, take control of the franchise in 2023. So that's where... Why? Why would that... That's so stupid. Because they probably got to get their... Um, they're like franchise... Like, you know, in the NBA, they probably got to do a shit ton of paperwork, taxes, or whatever. Uh, and for those who don't know who Mark Lore is, he's the CEO of Jet.com. Um, and... 
it was e-commerce tool. Jet J J E T dot com was e-commerce website that was eventually acquired by Walmart Incorporated. So, um, Hmm, speaking of exactly. So overall, not surprised. It is weird that a rod went from the Mets to the Timberwolves. Just, I figured he would have just cooled off, but I think this is another investment opportunity for him. And he's not going to, I know he's not going to be one of those owners. that's going to be, looking for full control because he's a full baseball guy and he knows it. And he's just in this for the investment, try and see and turn a team around and bring some star power to it. Um, but getting bored with J-Lo. <laughs> not going to kick a man while he's down. Um, Can't, I don't so, know how that's possible though, but still, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know either. Um, so reactions, thoughts, did you have anything? Really I think, think it's awesome for the. I think it's awesome for the, the, the. I think the Timberwolves fans probably are, you know, doing backflips. Uh, I think they're really loved in that community. Uh, you know, I, I think they definitely do have a big following, but you know, it's the same thing. I think is when the second that the Kings finally are sold from Vivek, um, that you know their fans will feel the same way. And probably the Cavaliers with Dan Gilbert too, although those two will probably won't sell for a long time. But uh, yeah, I think Glenn Taylor needed to go for has needed to go for for a while now. I don't I I don't think he's you know so bad that it's just like there needed to be intervention. I just mm-hmm. don't think he has the right the right uh, vision for the franchise. Um, I agree. And that's sh- that showed with the head coaches he's hired, with the GMs he's had, with the decisions he's made, the trades he's made, the, the, the draft picks that he's allowed his GMs to make. Granted, he saved the franchise, and for a while there, he had a pretty solid running. But he also is the reason that KG never was able to have a true running partner because of that whole dumbass Joe Smith move that they tried to pull the cost of draft mm-hmm. picks back in 2001, which is what pretty much kept the Timberwolves from ever giving KG a true number two and letting them yeah. contend with one of the, you know, 25 or one of the, the 15 best players in the last 30 years. You know what I He's mean? He's up there. He's up there. And so, um, and then, you know, there's, there's the infamous Johnny Flynn, draft and uh you know they took uh so wesley johnson or did they take Derek williams i want to say it was wesley johnson but i don't remember i think it was wesley johnson i think you're right um it's just been a number of poor picks and while he saved that franchise from getting moved in new orleans back in 94 uh, I, you know, I think it's just his time has been up for a while now. And I'm glad to see that a raw or that someone's come in and it, you know, someone who has a background within the sports world that knows what they're doing and hopefully can, you know, get that franchise up and running on the, the proper path. Mm-hmm. Agreement there. Uh, but let's move on just to kind of wrap things up. I also forgot to mention that, uh, Sean Miller, is out as uh, Arizona head coach uh, after multiple in- instances of allegations of uh, charges of ag- fraud of re- recruitment violations. That's what I was looking for. Recruitment violations. And after 12 seasons as Arizona has head coach, he is fired. Now he um, will look to rebuild his reputation someplace else. Meanwhile, for Cincinnati, mentioned it earlier at the top of the show, John Brandon is out as Cincinnati head coach. Uh, he was two two seasons there with Cincinnati, no tournament wins. So it really was a bit of a mess. They were on the rise, but could never really get it going in the brief two seasons there. So, I mean, are we shocked at these firings? I'm not. I don't know if you are, but I'm not. Uh, no, I'm surprised Sean Miller lasted as long as he did. Once all the allegations, you know, I remember it was like February of like what 2018, 
probably yeah. when the when they this shit started. And I remember coming home from dinner on a Friday night and uh, having the TV on in the living room, and we were like out. Me and a couple of friends were out back listening to music, like having a couple of beers, listening to music, and. I remember walking in and seeing the whole thing come down. I'm like, oh, Sean Miller's done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm surprised he's lasted this long. Uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see whether another college takes a chance on him. I think they definitely will. It just oh, they depends will. on who. Like, is he going to have to do the Rick Pitino thing where he goes yeah. to, like, an Iona or, like, you know, something small like that to rebuild? his thing his, his his reputation or do you does he go to somewhere like Cincinnati um or even maybe back to Xavier or something like that uh his brother is also gonna need another job now so I wouldn't uh, there's there's a couple of big name coaches that have been released recently that that Cincinnati's definitely gonna try and pounce on the John Brandon thing uh the second I've read what happened I you know no I'm like you're done you know, uh, mm. I don't know what compels these coaches, you know, like, first of all, learn from your, like, cohorts mistakes. Like, the shit with that, like, I don't even remember this back in, like, 2013, like, Mike Rice, he was the Rutgers coach. And basically, like, like the players finally rose up and they're like, he's, like, choked us. He's throwing, like, basketballs at us. He's called us, like, the N-word. He's done this. Yeah. He's done that. And it's just, like, so – A, what makes you think you're not going to get caught? B, what compels you to treat another human being, especially a kid that you're supposed to be like having, looking after his well-being and the, like the betterment of his They get consumed by winning. They get consumed by winning. It's what we thought like guys like Calipari do, but for the most part, it's these smaller coach, these like smaller school coaches who are so consumed with, either getting a promotion or finally getting a win because they understand that they're on the hot seat. So they're just snapping or like Bobby Knight's case. He was at the institution so long. Oh and yeah. People I mean, that was were a different so time though, though. It was a different, that was the seventies where you could get away with that it, shit. Not saying it's right. It's just, you could get away with it. No, I, I agree. I, I know what you're saying, but I just, that's what these coaches think is that they're more powerful than the institutions themselves. And they Mm -hmm. think that they can get away with that, which leads to a Bobby Knight type incident in the nineties where he's puts his hands on a kid's throat or in other cases where they get so consumed by winning in such a Sean Miller's case where they give illegal gifts. They try and illegally recruit these kids because they know that if they lose this kid, they may not have their job or they may not. But that's the system too that, and that's the NCAA oh, yeah. letting Agreement certain there. letting certain coaches and institutions get away with that. Like, you know, like, and it's like the fact that Rick Pitino is allowed to coach is a joke. I'm sorry. Like, the dude should not be allowed to guide young minds and and foster them to becoming adults after the shit he did. Like, he knocked up a woman that wasn't his wife. In the bathroom of a restaurant, and then on the down low, paid for her to have an abortion. And you think it's okay to have him as the coach of your institution? Like I just if he, if, you and, bought, and, if, if in my opinion, if he if he comes across as sincere, but he doesn't. His, he doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. As far as I, I just, know, he does. And I haven't, I'm not in the Iona locker room. And I think if something did come out where players didn't believe him or anything like that, something, something definitely would have been reported if that were the case. And I think you got it as a school. You don't, you should, as a school, you should say, these are the boundaries. If we catch you slipping one time, you're fucking out of here. Like that's the way it should be. And but they I can think say that all they want, but you know, they're not going to follow it. And that's the thing. It's just like handing, handing a kid that parents are, like that grew up poor because his parents were like drug addicts and he like basketball or like football or baseball were his only way. And I'm not saying that I'm just saying this is a this is a general a common this arc. Is just, yeah, this is just not specific to any player. This is me just saying like giving a kid money because 
he needs to be able to like buy clothes for his little brother while he's playing college basketball for one year or college football for two years or baseball or, or, you know, any hockey or anything like that. That's one thing, but like Mm -hmm. giving money to your players so they can have stripper parties for recruits and then knocking up some random woman in a, a restaurant bathroom. That's a whole other way. And I, I just, you know, and, th- and this also goes back to the whole, like, this is why players should get money. And even if it's just like, hey, you, for what you, the money you're making off of them, you put it into like an endowment so that they, when they get out of school, they immediately, boom, here's, here's the money they make. Especially for the players who don't make it to the pros. You're yeah. still somehow making money off of them because there's kids that probably are like, oh, I love so-and-so. Like, I love God Sham God, but God Sham God didn't make it to the pros really. He did, but he didn't. Even, even, even the third you know? stringer on Clemson is getting is making money because there are probably kids in the neighborhood that are like, oh, that was my next-door neighbor, and he he's on Clemson it's, now. Exactly, so. exactly. And trust me, I used to argue like, oh, well, they do, they're, they're getting education for free. That's their payment. And that was me being dumb and young. I agree. It is like, I wish I could have got an education for free. Half of my debt is from my college education. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I went to Drexel for a year and it was 40 grand, you know, like that's half of my debt was right there. And now it's like yeah. 65. I can't imagine. And a lot of my friends that I went there with, unfortunately had the luxury where their parents paid for them. So a lot of these kids couldn't afford college without this stuff. And then, you know, it's just like, here's student loans, here's this. And you think it's great until you get out of there and then you get a paycheck for the first like five, for the first like five paychecks you get. It's like, cool, I have money. And then it's like, oh, by the way, you got to start giving me $300 every, like every two weeks because for your education. And it's just like, but my paycheck, you know what I mean? So it's just, there's so many different things. It was cool. It was cool. Like I was on board with the they're getting a free education from like from the dawn of time until like the 19 from night even through the 1970s when there were still smaller schools who right. weren't getting once big you got crowds to the fab with that five is when what, it's no changed. not even not even the fab five no, yeah. I, I pin it I Larry pin it Bird. more towards I pin it more towards the big east and the eighties right. where Larry cable Bird cable and- Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, Magic, like, and then the Big East. Yes, you're right. Yeah, great. the Big East because the Big East to me is more important because that's when TV contracts become such mm-hmm. a big deal, and that's no, where right. the NCAA becomes the conglomerate that it is. People don't realize 95 percent of the NCAA revenue comes from the college basketball tournament because they do not own the college football rights. They don't own the right to negotiate like college football playoff. They don't own the college football playoff. Or anything like that. It's all so about the sponsorships. With, and that's what the, the whole thing about the playoff was. Exactly. Without basketball, the NCAA is nothing. It's nothing. So that being said, now it's getting to a point where you are making so much money off these kids that you can't even give them a piece. You can't even get them a little slice of it. That to me is outrageous, and that's where the NCAA is. It's bullshit. Pro- it's it's propping bullshit. it's 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 propping itself up as a non-charitable, non-profit charity or whatever. When in reality, they're just greedy goblins just looking around for a profit as and taking advantage of kids and trying to say woe is same. me when it's when it's not yeah. woe is me. It's fucking we bullshit. we are we are giving these children the education, and it's like really. Zion Williamson was in school for like nine months. He can always go back to Duke if he really wants to, to get his degree. But that's the thing. Not all those schools do that. There are certain ones like Vanderbilt and North Carolina do that, where it's like, even if you stay here for six months, you can come back and get your, you can finish your degree for free, no matter what, if you were a student mm-hmm. athlete, which is awesome, which is what every yeah. school should do. Yeah. Every school should do that. Because a lot of these kids have to leave early to go pay, like Kevin Porter Jr., like we were discussing. Like, he yeah. had it. Like, was he ready? No. But I'm sure he had to get out of there because he had people that, that were depending on him. And that's a shitty situation for those kids to be in and in a whole other life. Like, the fact that yeah. adults are depending on 19-year-olds is, is, is shit. But the NCAA trying to, trying to pull off this ploy where it's like, oh, well, we can't afford it. And we – no – Fuck you. Yes, you can. You know how much goddamn money you make from your TV contracts and your sponsorships with 
Verizon or Vizio. I'm sitting. Or I'm sitting AT&T. through two. I'm th- I'm sitting through two minutes of commercials. I'm sitting through sponsorships of drinks of of coolers of whatever you can throw a fucking mm-hmm. label on. And and I res- because like I take sports industry and it's cool. Like I, I respect the people in marketing who are selling those sponsorships and everything like that. But the NCAA itself, I don't want to hear any of this. Oh, well that is, that is an immoral practice that is illegal against our terms. And as an amateur athlete, it's like, get the fuck out of here. You're making billions and billions of dollars every single year of exactly. the kid of the kid such as Kevin Ware in the early 2010s who snaps his leg in half in one of the worst injuries in sports. Did, his scholarship think, gets revoked. His scholarship gets revoked and the NCAA just continues raking in money. And do you think they paid for him to go get that surgery that he needed? Nope. Rod to get placed in his leg? Definitely didn't. Nope. And they, they didn't want to say they shit. care about the students. It's fucking bullshit. It's total bullshit what they pull. And, and, and but but then but then and then there's the whole transfer situation where you the, the kids are getting punished and I understand that they're, they're half of the reason is because if not there'd be like the Dukes and Kentuckys that would mm-hmm. see like one good player like it's just like in soccer and the transfer policy where it's like oh guy has a good year and all of a sudden like Barcelona or Real Madrid or Man U or Bayern Munich or Man City are just like all right well you're the little guy and you're not allowed to have that nice shiny toy. So I'm going to take it from you because I have the money to do it. That's how it would kind of turn into in college basketball. But I agree with this one and done. You can transfer once and there should be a legitimate reason, but the whole having to sit out thing is bullshit because the coaches can just get up and leave whenever they want. Like point in case, Texas tech, Chris Beard is just gone. Which has led Mac McClung to look into transferring again. It's the third. He's the third one to leave. Yeah. Aaron Shannon Jr. left, and there's another one that left too. And it's just like, so if the coaches can just get up and leave, and by the way, they're also making millions of dollars, so they should be able to fork over a million to spend on the kids. Mm -hmm. And no, I'm not saying bench player number thirteen should be making the same amount of money as star player number one. But there should be some compensation. Exactly. There should be some. There should be some compensation for the the blood, sweat, and tears they put in to get to that level. Agreed. Um, So that does it all here for Timmy and myself. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you all enjoy the episode. Be sure to like us on YouTube or whatever platform you listen to this on. Subscribe, follow, rating, whatever you got to do. Thank you all again, and we will catch you on the next episode.